is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi, my name is Jason. My name is Chris. And this is The Talking Dead, episode number 480, recorded Thursday, April 2nd, 2020. It sure is. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Jason, how are you doing this week? Oh, not too bad. Hanging in there, you know, as well as can be expected. Hanging in? Good. That's what I'm doing, too. I had a reasonably good day at work today, I thought. Not that I went into work, but working from home because no one's allowed to leave their house. Uh, but I thought today went a little better than my regular day job has gone in a while. So I'm, I'm hoping yeah. that that's a good sign. I'm having a hard time staying motivated and a hard time being productive. Uh, staying but, motivated, I totally agree with you on that. Like it is tough to go about your regular job business when it seems like great parts of the rest of the world are just falling apart around you. Yeah. But we're going to persevere. We're going to get through this. Uh, we're going to continue to work. I am. You are. We're going to continue to work and do stuff. And it's going to keep going like this for quite some time. That's the feeling I'm getting. Yeah. And you know what? On that note, I, I just want to say we're, of course, here to do our feedback for the last episode of The Walking Dead. And almost every email we get now starts or finishes with just some, some good wishes and, and, you know, kind of a hope you guys are doing, doing well amongst all this BS and, and, uh, you know, sometimes people sort of shout out to just everybody, you know, their, their best wishes. So I want to thank everyone for doing that. It is great to hear. It makes all of this uh, a little bit easier and also reciprocate it and, you know, say right back to everyone. Cause I can't write back to everybody, but, um, you know, to everyone who writes in or just listens, uh, as I keep saying every every time we record, but like, I hope you're doing well and surviving through this bizarro gong show that society has turned into in the last little while. Yeah, it, and I appreciate that too. And you know, we're all we are going to get through this. And as uh, you know, how we got all those emails from all the companies that we did business to uh, about COVID nineteen and wishing us to stay well. Uh, the one that rang true to me the most was one the email I got from Lego. Uh, and uh, at the bottom it said, uh, stay home, stay safe, stay strong. Hmm. And I thought that was a really nice sentiment that I haven't really heard anywhere else, which uh, uh, is very important. And I think that uh, it, this is a, you know, a trying time for uh, our society and that uh, we can get through this uh, by banding together and staying away from each other. <laughs> That's right. Staying away from each other. Yeah. Well, I, you know, not a great distance, but just, you know, the, the way I think of it is, uh, I'm about five foot nine, something like that. And we're supposed to stay about six feet away from people. Yeah. Uh, the way I think of it is if I can lie down between me and the next person, I'm doing okay. Right. Exactly. I'm, I'm maybe an inch taller than you. I'm five ten or so, not quite six feet, but I think of myself as about six feet and you're right. It's funny. I think of it the same way. If I can lie down on the ground and not, you know, encroach on your space that way, then we're doing okay. Yeah, or about the length of a hockey stick, apparently. Well, you know, us Canadians, that's how we measure things, after all. <laughs> yeah. How many hockey sticks away are you? Yeah. I'm one hockey stick away. That's good. That's good. If you're two hockey sticks away, well, that's good, too, but you're a little farther than necessary. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hope everyone is doing great, and uh, here we are doing a podcast, and I hope this brings a little bit of joy to your life. 
The first thing I want to do before we get into the feedback is let everyone know that the uh, number of millions of viewers for the last episode was 3.26 million, which is down just a tiny bit from last week, but basically still holding pretty steady. So uh, nothing to worry about there. Yeah. I mean, people got other things on their mind, right? They Television should. is, it, it's important. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but maybe it's not as important as other things going on in your life right now. Maybe not, but also television can provide an escape, a little bit of distraction from some other things that are going on in your life right now. I'm pretty sure that Netflix and the various streaming services are seeing their, you know, highest usage ever right now because everyone's at home and needs stuff to watch. Yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of uh, high-level freakouts that were going on at uh, you know various streaming services. Uh, ho- holy shit, our usage numbers are going to go way up. Are we going to be able to handle this? I don't know. We better talk to John. And then John's like, holy shit, I got to go figure this out. And do we have enough hard drives to plug into the hard drive machine? Because that's how it works. Netflix works, right? <laughs> so, plug hard drives big... into a hard drive machine and the way they go? Sure. That's what they do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure there was a lot of freakouts, but uh, they seem to be doing well. My Netflix has uh, not crapped out on me and the quality is still pretty good. So, uh, you know, good on you. Sure. Netflix. But, but their answer to most of this was to reduce the quality uh, across the world to ease the uh, uh, burden on the internet. Yeah. But, you know, and I haven't noticed. No. I my, guess my eyes are going bad, right? They're not, they're not as good as they used to be. And I don't need a super high definition television. And when I'm watching TV, I don't care that much. I'm, I'm more worried about the quality of the, uh, the entertainment than I am about the quality of the visuals. All right. Well, that's good. Uh, I don't know why I paid for a 4K freaking TV then, but what are you going to do? You don't have a choice anymore. Try and buy a 1080p television. Just try it. It'd have to be like four square inches or something. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's move on. Before we start the actual feedback here, Jason, I have what is kind of half and half Walking Dead news and listener feedback, and we're going to start with that. This comes from Vicky in Wiltshire, England, and Vicky says, whilst listening to your feedback show for the last uh, week's episode where Michonne leaves, I suddenly remembered that Michonne has spoken before of having a son and losing him during the start of the outbreak. It was already not sitting with me, and I think many others, that Michonne... Uh, would choose to leave her kids to go and hunt down Rick. Uh, But after already losing a child, would she really give up the chance to be with Judith and RJ? I agree with the listeners who suggested it would be better if Daryl had gone instead, maybe with a small group. Sadly, that idea doesn't fit in with Danai's career plans. But hey, I knew they had to write her out somehow, but I think there were more convincing ways of doing it. So the reason I wanted to read that is because, you know, Vicky does share sentiment with a lot of other viewers that uh, it could have made more sense for Daryl to go or, you know, people just generally didn't think that she would leave her children that way and just never come back, right? Which which I can understand. Um, but when you hear what I have to say here next, it may make a little bit more sense from a... I don't know, TV production sort of expanded Walking Dead universe standpoint. 
All right. Well, let me let me make a comment before we get into that aspect of it. Sure. So, yeah, I personally don't understand how somebody could possibly leave their family to go look for uh, somebody who, uh, you know, look for leave a definite family to go look for a potential person that may or may not be alive. Right. I personally don't uh, don't really understand that, but you know, uh, other people have other priorities. Mm-hmm. And maybe she's just a horrible person that uh, has been looking for a way to get the <laughs> fuck out of there for uh, years. Well, like, well, I can't leave now. Maybe she feels tied down to Alexandria and has been thinking, you know, we're, there's people out there like that, that I mean, uh, look for a way out. And then when they take it, they say, I'm going to the store to buy a pack of smokes and don't come back. I guess so. That That is a possibility, but I don't feel like they've ever uh, hinted at that with Michonne on the show. So... It's not. Well, they also, yeah, part of her personality. Yeah, and part of her personality is to 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 stick to her uh, family and close friends, and uh, you know, provide them uh, security and comfort, and to take comfort from them. So this, the fact that she left, is out of character. Mm-hmm. So the only explanation is probably what you're about to say next. All right. Well, this comes from wegotthiscovered.com, who has had a track record in the past of um, predicting things or or um, breaking news, basically, uh, based on some of their quote-unquote sources. And this comes from an article they wrote. I'm going to read straight from the article. They said, We Got This Covered has heard from our sources that AMC is developing a show centered around Michonne. Apparently, her Walking Dead Farewell in episode... Uh, 1013, What We Become, was really the setup for a limited series following Guerrera's heroine as she goes searching for Rick. This would only last for a single season, though, and act as a kind of prologue to the storyline of the films. So, expect it to arrive sooner than the first installment of the theatrical trilogy. So, a a one-season show starring Michonne on her quest to find Rick. How do you feel about that? I can't tell if I think it's okay or I absolutely hate it. I don't think it's great. I can tell you that much. Okay. Uh, it might be okay depending on the quality of it. And I like Denai Guerrero and I think she could go on some great adventures. But uh, you know, if she's going to go on adventures, why not make it part of the show? Like why spin it off into another show? Like what's the, what's the thinking there? Want I mean, more money? Is that the thinking? Well, probably, but I, I guess they feel like they can just focus on that storyline then instead of mixing it into everything else that's going on on the main show, right? Like spin it off, do, do her own thing or do a show about Michonne and, um, and just focus on that, right? Because she's going to be separated from the rest of the group. So it might have been awkward to try and tell that story while still telling the story of Daryl and Carol and everybody else, you know, still at, at, uh, Alexandria. So I think it kind of makes sense in that way. And this honestly feels plausible to me, right? They want to expand the walking dead universe. They are, um, they announced that the new show that's premiering later this year will only be two seasons. So they're, they're committing to this idea of doing shorter run stuff with a, a defined ending. So I could see them doing this, right? And Denai Guerrero wants to leave. But AMC and everybody involved in the production is like, oh my God, we don't want her to leave. She's great. People love her. 
So why don't we offer her a one season, you know, maybe 10, 12 episodes, which she can do. She can fit that in with her blossoming movie career and we don't get to lose Michonne right away, but she gets what she wants and can walk away from The Walking Dead proper. Plus, we don't know what the hell we're doing as far as these Rick movies go. We don't have a script. We don't have a plan. We don't have a budget. We don't have anything. This buys us another year. Well, and here's the other thing. The article goes on to say this. Our intel also points to the first Walking Dead movie suffering a considerable delay. The script, we've been informed, is being rewritten, presumably by franchise chief content officer Scott Gimple, who's previously been attached only to supply the screenplay. This means that it's not going to shoot this year, as was originally planned. Instead, we're hearing that it, it'll now likely drop in cinemas in early 2022. Holy so, moly. So that's a long time. And as you, you're absolutely right, as you just said, it gives them time to rework the movies, and in the meantime, deliver us a one-season Michonne show that leads into the movies. So, you know, this is all rumor. This is all conjecture based on their sources, whatever that means. But I got to admit, it sounds really plausible to me. Yeah, and I, it, it makes sense. I mean, if we, if we dial this back to a smaller scale, we can, uh, you know, let's pretend that my wife wants a new kitchen. Right. The kitchen sure. is, I mean, is we horrible. don't have to pretend, do we? Not a whole lot, <laughs> okay. but we do want a new kitchen. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's both of us that wants it, but we're pretending it's just, just my wife. Okay. And, uh, you know, she really wants a new kitchen and she's planning for it, but, uh, you know, we're trying to figure a budget and then the toilet breaks in the bathroom and it's like, oh, well, we got to get a new toilet. Well, if we're going to do that, we might as well replace the cabinets in the sink that's in there because they match. And we got to get a new toilet. So that, you know, well, we'll get the new bathroom this year and then we'll, uh, we got another year to figure out this kitchen thing. Right? Right. So, <laughs> so now they have, so now they have, uh, uh, Denai Guerrera and they got this Who's stop. the broken toilet. That's right. Right. Yeah. right this stop gap. They can do a Michonne show because, you know, that can't be that hard to throw together. And that means we can take our time with these movies, which weren't really coming together anyways. And maybe doing a Michonne show will give us some ideas for the Rick movies. Yeah. So instead of just replacing the cabinets, let's say, let's, now it gives us time to say, you know what? I really would like a window over here. So let's put in a new window and then move the sink and then get a, another, another range or a, a range instead of a the separate stovetop and oven that we have. So uh, it gives us a little more time to, uh, to, to figure out exactly what we're doing. All right. Let's get into our listener feedback proper now, Jason. And our first email comes from Dan in Columbus, Ohio. And Dan writes, so I was thinking about forgiving Negan and if Alexandria could do that or not. One thing to consider if, there have, if they have forgiven enemies in the past. Tara was the governor, was with the governor, and Eugene was a savior. I guess actually all the saviors who were willing got brought into the community after the war. Negan was the leader though and did bash people's heads in with Lucille. This of course has the biggest emotional weight with the people that were there. Here's the lineup when the group met Negan. Glenn, Rosita, Daryl, Abraham, Maggie, Rick, Sasha, Aaron, Carl, and Eugene. Dead are Glenn, Abraham, Sasha, and Carl. Gone are Rick, Michonne, and Maggie for now. Still here are Rosita, Daryl, Aaron, and Eugene. Daryl has always been seen as a good judge of character. If he can forgive Negan, I think the rest of the group will follow his lead. 
After Negan killing Alpha and saving Daryl from the Whisperers, I think Daryl will ultimately do this. PM, P.S. I am totally surprised that emotionally for me, I want Daryl and Negan kicking ass together. So kind of what Dan is saying here is that a lot of the people who were there are either dead or gone. And the ones who are left are sort of led by Daryl. And if he can forgive him, maybe the rest of the clan can as well. What do you think? Yes. Well, of course, you know, the show is going to forgive Negan, right? Because Negan's too much of a popular character to go away. And uh, by, you know, not forgiving Negan either puts him in a cage or gets him exiled or gets him killed. Either way, he's a, a minor part of the show. So obviously it is going to happen that uh, Alexandria will, uh, you know, tentatively accept him and to, uh, you know, maybe keep him at arm's length for a long time, but then eventually it's not going to be a problem at all and he's going to be part of the show. But personally, I would never be able to forgive him. No, and and that's fair, right? Like, you know, but the point is here, some of these people might be able to do that. And you're right, the show probably will forgive him, but you never know. Negan might not survive that much longer. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in the next two episodes or or next season. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I find myself never having liked Negan more than I do right now as a character. And that probably plays a role in it, right? The audience seems to be more on board with Negan than they were certainly during seven and eight, season seven and eight. Um, and if that's the case, they might want to keep him alive for a little while longer. Yeah. I mean, they've dialed back his character quite a bit. Like he very, very rarely says, I'm going to slide a dick down your throat anymore. <laughs> right. Right. He might still think it, but he doesn't say it as much. Yeah. He doesn't talk with his pelvis as much as he used to either. <laughs> which is good. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I personally am uncomfortable around people that talk with their pelvis. Yeah, it is kind of weird. E except my except my son by making farting noises. <laughs> That's <Right>. funny. <laughs> of course it is. And he has Lucille now as well. Well, Lucille too. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so he's actually going to be back in the fold with uh, a bat and then uh, with, with barbed wire around it. So this is a new one. But uh, I'm pretty sure we still have the old one, the original one, kicking around somewhere. So maybe he'll uh, he'll be coming in with Lucille's akimbo, multiple Lucille's, one in each hand, bashing away. I think that might be kind of fun. Yes, it is. Uh, next, we have an email from Adam in Texas. Adam writes, "Holy crap, Beta is famous. The show should follow. The show followed the comic books, kinda. In the comics, he's a different kind of famous, and it's revealed differently." Given the physicality of the actor here, it makes more sense that he'd be a country music star uh, than how it plays out in the comic. I would definitely love to see how Beta's story plays out from the beginning. Maybe his tour bus slams into a crowd of them and he has to hide out or something, but something tells me there's a good story as to how he went from country western star to the character Alpha first meets in that abandoned warehouse. I mean, there's got to be something to that. Would you be interested in seeing a Beta backstory? I would. Yeah, country I, I would. Star? I mean, it it's uh it's not like me. I I like my uh, I like my characters, uh, um, the Joker style, and that we, they don't have a backstory. Or if they do, it's confused. Uh, but I think that uh, you know, setting it up this way where he's actually famous, I think that's interesting, and maybe not a lot of backstory, but maybe you know, a flashback episode where uh. You know, it's it's beta heavy 
on in the episode itself, but we have multiple flashbacks throughout the episode telling a uh, uh, a backing story on how we how we got here. Mm-hmm. And and I think that might be interesting. And he's such a he's such a good actor. I like this. I forget his name right now, but I've, he's such a good actor, and I've liked him in many things that he's been in. So I think that he could pull off that kind of thing. Um, Hurst, isn't it Ryan Hurst or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. Well, or he could leave and they could give him his own, uh, you know, short term, uh, show for a little while for a, a season or so. Sure. Now they're doing it with everybody else. Yeah. Okay. A, a one season beta, like beginning of the apocalypse show actually might be kind of good. I'm with you. I don't think, I think he's actually one of the better characters that you could provide a backstory for, you know, because as you said, he's famous. He had this interesting notable pre-apocalypse life and it might be fun to see what happened him or what happened to him as the zombie apocalypse broke out and how he ended up in that uh in that warehouse or wherever alpha found him so i agree i think it would be kind of fun i don't think the show is ever going to do it because i'll be surprised if beta survives season 10 to be honest with you but you know, if they ever could find a way, it might be kind of a fun thing to do. Well, it would be have to be the next episode, right? Well, probably, I, I yeah. agree with you that he's probably not going to survive uh, the remainder of the season. So if they're going to have a beta backstory, which just rolls off the tongue, uh-huh. uh, then it has to be the, and uh, you know, Half Moon Harry, or what the hell is his name? Just Half Moon. Just Half Moon? Okay, it's Half Moon, Half Moon Harry from now on for me. I do like that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, I think that if they were going to do it, they better do it now i think you're right yeah i think you're right but they're not going to but it would be fun quick predictions who's going to kill beta you know i would have pegged uh i and i would have loved it if uh uh <sighs> judith killed him i think that would have been perfect but oh you know, yeah we had judith kill somebody else a nameless one but uh i think that would have been good who's going to kill beta well it has to be daryl right I think it might be. Daryl's going to get a second shot at it, and this time he's going to double tap and not let him live. I think you might be right. Yeah. Yeah. Carol was the cause of Alpha's death, and Daryl's going to directly kill Beta because he's less conniving than Carol is. Yeah. Uh, Negan, Negan killed Alpha. Carol was the cause. I think, I think Daryl's the best best choice there most obvious one too i can't really think of any other character that steps up and takes out beta you know aaron um aaron would probably be pretty pissed off at him but everyone would be so yeah it's got to be daryl right well that's what i think i think it's either going to be daryl or lydia oh yeah i could see that too that's a good call it's a good call former you know former whisperer alpha's daughter she takes out Beta. Okay, I one of those two. Yeah, I don't know. and then uh, and then and then Negan becomes Alpha, and uh, Lydia becomes Beta, and they you know they go off together in the sunset and uh, <laughs> lead a herd of zombies. Of course, sounds perfectly plausible. All right, uh, next here is an email from Jennifer in Minneapolis, and Jennifer writes: Beta, being a famous country singer, is absolutely stuck in my craw. The music is not nearly good enough or produced enough to make him recognizable to the general public. I have hated this idea since I found out about it, and I still hate it. So uh, tell us how you really feel yeah. there, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of agree with with Jennifer that uh, the album that he played was a live album, and I think that was a 
you know, that was intentional so mm-hmm. that the, uh, the quality of the songs and the performance and the recording didn't have to be nearly as good as if it was a studio produced album. Because if they were going to do that, they would have to, you know, really produce a good country and Western song that would, you know, uh, give us the idea that he actually does deserve to be that recognizable that when he loses half a face, uh, I'm thinking Willie Nelson level famous, right? Uh, if Willie Nelson was out there, uh, and, uh, he was wearing a mask and then you lose it half the mask, uh, you'd recognize Willie Nelson, but chances are you'd recognize Willie Nelson just from his friggin' voice talking anyway. Right. Oh yeah. So somebody that famous for singing, I mean, he grunts and, you know, makes his voice weird all the time. So, you know, it's the same thing Batman does in order to, uh, to, <laughs> right. to not, you know, be known as, or so that they don't know that he's Bruce Wayne. Spoiler alert, Batman is Bruce Wayne. What? That makes anybody upset. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I equate Batman and Willie Nelson all the time. Well, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't you? <laughs> Why not? You know, yeah. Willie Nelson does don a mask and fights crime at night. <laughs> of course he does. Yeah. The other thing here though is Jennifer is a musician. So, you know, she probably knows what she's talking about to a certain degree. <laughs> I have no doubt. I agree with her. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Perfect. Uh, next we have an email from Jeff in Vermont. The rumor mill says that the song sung by Ryan Hurst. Oh, thank you, Jeff, for telling me his name. Hey, I got it uh, right. Beta. Yeah, it was written by Emily Kinney, who played Beth Green. Can you do a fact check and confirm? No, Jeff, we can't. Well, in fact, Jeff, I did. And, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. So, Give me a shot. <laughs> so, indeed, the, well, here's the thing. We hear, I think we hear two different songs by Half Moon on the episode, because the first one he plays I think is a different song than when we cut back to him and he's up on the balcony and, and the music's playing. It's a different song at that point. Um, so the first one is indeed written by Emily Kinney. However, the lyrics have cool. been changed for the Half Moon version over the Emily Kinney version. And I'm going to play the clip of Beta's version or Half Moon's version. Now this comes from the show, so it's sort of buried behind a bunch of zombie sounds, but here is the song as performed by Half Moon played in the episode. All right, so that was the beta version from the episode, and here comes the Emily Kinney version. I'm a lamb if you love me, but lion if you hope. And if we're gonna be laughing, I would like to be an joke. Sometimes I think you show me scabs just to tempt me to tear them away. Making me draw blood and All right, so I know it's a little bit hard to tell there, but the melodies of those two songs are basically the same. The lyrics are pretty different, uh, except for the last line there. They both rep, uh, reference drawing blood 
Um, but if you listen to them again, you should be able to hear that the melodies are kind of the same. So basically, Emily Kinney wrote the song, released it, and then the show rewrote it for Half Moon on the episode. I like the, uh, the Half Moon version better. Do you? Oh, all right. Just, just ever so slightly. All right. Is it because it's overlaid with a bunch of zombie noises? Uh, no, no. no. Um, how do I put this? <laughs> You're trying to say you don't like the Emily Kinney version. <laughs> no, I, 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 I think I said that. Um, but Emily Kinney's voice is a little too pure for my taste. All right. It's a little too, um, you know, sine wavy. I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody. <laughs> but, uh, and uh, the timing, she's playing it, and the timing of the, she emphasizes the last lyric, last word of each line. Uh-huh. And, and uh, the cadence drops a little bit. The timing is off. It's kind of, she delays that note uh, and then starts the next one a little bit later. So the uh, the rhythm is off for me. It, it can, it's kind of jarring. Okay. It's the first time I've ever heard that. So that's just off the top of my head. Oh, that's fine. Um, that's fair. I mean, to each there's, their own. There's songs out there that, uh, you know, that are absolutely amazing that uh, are all over the place uh, from a from a rhythm perspective, you know, speeding up, slowing down, uh, you know, but they're really, really good. In this particular case, uh, it was kind of annoying. Uh, you know that song, uh, What If God Was One Of Us? I do. I remember that. It was a big hit. <laughs> Fucking song drives me crazy. It is, <laughs> uh, it's so plodding and the, the, uh, the, whoever is the drummer of that, uh, had to purposefully, uh, fuck up their own brains in order to get that rhythm because there's no way a professional drummer would be able to do that. Uh, I applaud their skill at how bad it is. Interesting. Let's put it that way. All right. So you go back and listen to it sometime. It's just, it, uh, it, it makes me want to yell at whatever speaker that that song is coming out of. <laughs> and it has, ever since it was released, I've been yelling at that song. You probably shouldn't listen to it anymore. Uh, well, I don't by choice. Like I don't own the song. I've never bought the album, but mm-hmm. every once in a while, especially when it first came out, that it would just show up in the air. Uh, somebody was playing it somewhere, either on the radio or at a restaurant or wherever the hell I was. And it just, I had to leave every single time. Anyway, um, I like the beta version better or the half moon Harry version. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just think there's, I would be interested to hear the story behind the story about how they took the Emily Kinney song, reworked it for half moon Harry or why they did that. But either way, it's basically the same song and uh, we heard it before on the show as well, I think. Uh, a few episodes, or in the first half of this season, in the scene, in a scene between Magna and Yumiko, remember she was listening to something too, uh, Magna was, and right. it was um, Half Moon Harry as well. Really? Yeah. So So that's a, that's a neat thing. It is. It's neat. Totally. But I'm curious about the story. But in any case, uh, it is the same song, just reworked. Cool. That is neat. Good, uh, good fact checking. All right. And, uh, Jeff, I was wrong. We can do this for you. We can. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just assume you put this email in the list here, Chris, cause, uh, you didn't want to do it. And you, you just wanted to stick it to Jeff. Like, no, Jeff, we can't do this for you. Moving on. <laughs> I, I was happy to do it. Anyways, moving on. We've got <laughs> Kyle from Half Moon, New York. Speaking of oh, Half Moon. Oh my goodness. And Kyle says the name Half Moon comes from a ship that sailed up the Hudson River by Henry Hudson, 
maybe he named himself after the ship. Oh, so it's Half Moon Henry, not Half Moon Harry. See? Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, I appreciate the clarification there, Kyle. That's good. I never would have known there was a ship called the Half Moon sailed by Henry Hudson. No, I would never have even... Yeah, I could never have researched that because no. it never would have occurred to me to look up nope. what the name of the ship that uh, Henry Hudson... I didn't even know Henry Hudson was a person. I knew there was a Hudson River, uh, but that's about it. Still is, actually, a Hudson River. Well, there is a Hudson River, but and I assumed that it was named after somebody or something uh-huh. uh, because most rivers are. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so that that's what I assumed. But, and I was going to call him Half Moon Harry and the Hendersons, but now I can call him Half Moon Henry and the Hudsons. Perfect. I like it. That should be his full band name. All right. Next, we have a call from Siobhan. Hello, guys. This is um, the newly crowned Dr. Siobhan from Lancashire, England. Um, and I'm so excited because Negan is the alpha and Beta's wearing alpha's face. I'm hoping that it will get better than that, but I can't imagine it. Take it easy. I hope you're all safe and well. Big love. Bye. Thank you, Siobhan. For now, we are all safe and well. And... Uh... The newly crowned Dr. Siobhan. That's very exciting. Congratulations, Siobhan. Absolutely fucking terrifying. I, I would be if I were a newly minted doctor. I can tell you that much. <laughs> well, but then again, I'm not trained. <laughs> well, yeah. Although, Jason, I hate to tell you, Siobhan's not a medical doctor, I don't think. Yeah, I think she just I, has a PhD. Yeah, I got that in my brain right after I started talking about it. I'm like, oh, we've had an email from Siobhan before. Yes, of course. And she All sent right. you, she sent you her. Yes, uh, her doctoral thesis. Yes, I am. It's all flooding back to me in a great wave of embarrassment and sorrow. <laughs> Anyways, congratulations, Siobhan. And thank you for sending that in. Claire in the UK writes, much earlier in the series, Carol told someone she'd learned how to put her own arm back in the socket as her husband often dislocated it. I'm assuming she dislocated it on purpose to get out. And of course, Siobhan, I mean, Claire is referring to um, my feeling that, that Carol somehow broke her own arm to get out from under the debris and save herself from that zombie. But this makes much more sense. And in fact, Claire is not the only person to write in about this. Uh, lots of people wrote in to remind me and us that... Carol had, you know, mentioned this before, and if you recall, Ed, her horrible abusive husband from pre-zombie uh, apocalypse, used to uh, abuse her and caused her shoulder to dislocate a few times. So this is something that Carol can kind of do now, and I guess maybe that's how she saved herself from this debris by dislocating her own shoulder, which near, which of course isn't nearly as bad as like actually breaking a bone to do it. Yeah. So when dislocating your shoulder that's been dislocated many times, does it make a cracking sound? I mean, I don't know. It might, though, won't it? Wouldn't it be a popping sound? Well. A, a wet, squishy sound? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, as I may have mentioned. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, e either way, it does make a little bit more sense, to be honest, that she'd be yeah. able to dislocate her shoulder, put it back in, and then... You know, not feel great about it, I'm sure, but maybe not be in the amount of distress or pain that she would be if she actually had to break a bone, right? That's bad. Yeah. Don't you need, you know, assistance to get your shoulder back in its socket? Is it something you can do by yourself? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I've seen movies where people have, you know, run into walls or fall down on the floor and just 
cracked it right back in the right way. I don't know. All right. Well, you know, movies are true. Of course they are. Of yeah. course they are. All right. Next, we have an email from Chris in the UK. Should Carol have died here? For a moment, I was nearly convinced she might. I'm not sure there's a lot more Carol's story to tell. Maybe they're going to kill her in the big end of season battle. So this is an interesting question, Jason. Should Carol have died here because there isn't that much more Carol story to tell? How do you feel about that? Are we done with Carol? Absolutely not. Uh, I think there's, I don't know if uh, there's more backstory of Carol to tell, but there's more things she could do and more badassery that she could accomplish. Uh, I think she's done, like it's been a long time since she's killed a child, right? So I think she's done with that shit. Uh, so, and, and absolutely she is not going to, uh, we've lost too many uh, big name actors on this show in the last year or two. Uh, you know, one of the main characters, uh, there's no way that, uh, that she's leaving the show. Well, I don't think so either. I believe Melissa McBride is contracted, you know, for a great deal of money for, uh, some time. Now that doesn't mean they can't kill her off. They just have to continue paying her, which is great for her maybe. Um, but that's uh, true. Yeah. No, if they don't, if, if AMC doesn't care about money or the production company doesn't care about money, then absolutely kill her off and pay her a salary. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that is going to happen either. I don't think Carol's quite ready to go yet. Um, I sort of agree with Chris in the UK that it, it can be a little difficult to envision too much more deep engrossing storyline with some of these characters that have been around for this long. But then I think about Daryl who, you know, we barely saw for a few years and now he's back in the Angela Kang era and he's better than ever. So yeah. I, I don't want to count anybody out prematurely. And, you know, Carol has been pretty well used on the show lately. And who's to say if there isn't lots and lots of great Carol content and storylines coming up, there totally could be. So, you know, depending on no matter how they go, Carol dies, Carol lives, Carol goes on, gets her own show sometime. Uh, you never know what could happen. But um, I wouldn't count her character out entirely yet. Yeah. And now that we've absolutely confirmed that Carol can see ghosts, uh, there is so much more to explore. That. <laughs> That's right. There's a whole other show right there. Yeah. So sure. lots, of, lots of stuff. I don't think the Carol story is over. No, I don't think so either. All right. Next up is Caden in Alberta. And Caden writes, was I the only one who was disappointed that Carol just left Alpha's head on that spike? I get why she did it, but come on. Mount it to your wall. Put it in a fish tank. Use it as a soccer ball. Make it your own personal letter opener. There are limitless possibilities for what Carol could have done with Alpha's head. And given how extreme Carol can be, I thought leaving it there was slightly underwhelming. But maybe that's just me. Uh, yeah. I mean, Daryl used to have a bandolier of uh, squirrels, and mm -hmm. he had that uh, bunch of ears at one point. Yeah. That's pretty weird. Uh, you know, the first thought that occurred to me, uh, Caden, was that, uh, have you ever watched, uh, Mad Max, uh, the second one? Thunderdome? Which is Thunder that? No, that's the third one. Third one? So okay. there was Mad Max and then Mad Max. Two. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. I am so embarrassed. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that second one, uh, there was a bad guy with like a, 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 a like he had armor on and there was this post that was sticking way up in the air and then some kind of uh, uh, decoration that was way above his head. 
this is what I'm thinking that she should have done with Alpha's head is like build a backpack with a pole in it. And on top of the pole, you have, uh, uh, you have Alpha's head and she could just walk around with it as, uh, you know, Alpha's head on a, on a stick. Yeah. It was the road warrior. Road warrior. Thank you. Good yeah. Lord. I know. What's going on with me? It's, obviously in this mini apocalypse that we're having, I'm not watching enough television and movies. I guess not. It's been a rough night too, though. Our internet went down for a little while. You had to leave to take care of your son for a minute. So it's yeah. brains all over the place. Yeah. My brain is mushy. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. I was just going to say, Caden, that, you know, obviously sticking Alpha's head on that pike was meant as a warning to the rest of the whispers. You know, it was a, it was a look what I did kind of moment. So quit effing with us. Here's your leader's head on a spike. Um, although I started thinking about that plan a little bit and if Carol had kept it or, you know, destroyed it and hidden it away or something, it would have bought them some more time before Beta found out. And you got to think that everybody knows that Beta finding out that Alpha is dead is probably a bad thing for them. So they might've wanted to buy that time, but I guess she found Carol thought it was more important to stick that head on that spike and sort of flaunt the fact that she killed Alpha a little bit. Yeah. Well, maybe after years, they consider that, uh, that ring or that, uh, that wall of, of spikes, uh, as a Twitter feed. This is how we communicate to the masses. We put messages on here, uh, <laughs> and they communicate uh, and this was, uh, you know, hashtag Alpha's head is on this spike. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Alpha's dead. Alpha's dead. Yeah. And it started trending. So Beta, you know, wanted to see. So right. So came to the, that's when you have to go to a Twitter feed. Did they have Twitter in 2010? Would they know what that was? I think Twitter's been around that long. Yeah. Really? I don't know. And it's still a thing, right? You're sure. Positive. Okay. I, I check All it right. now and then. It's not just President Trump that tweets. <laughs> other people tweet too? Because that's all I hear about. No, I think other people tweet, but you're right. I wouldn't blame you for thinking only he uses it anymore. <laughs> maybe Kim Kardashian. I think maybe she tweets, but I haven't heard anything about that in a while. I, I just don't... assume. Oh yeah. Well, you should you should resurrect your Twitter account and see what's going on on there. <laughs> right. Because my three followers are really interested in what I have to say. Hey, I'm one of them, probably. Yeah. Well, I talked to you and I message you. Do I need to tweet you too? No, probably not. Can you tweet somebody? Yes, that, of right? course. <laughs> All right. I can't just tweet everybody. You can do that I'm too. I'm so getting old, don't understand technology anymore. Yeah. Uh, next, we have an email, a technology I do understand, from Tommy in Florida, regarding why Daryl was at the cabin. I think we are meant to believe that Lydia escaped back, ran back, told Daryl that Negan had kidnapped her. And because Lydia was tied up, Daryl knew that Negan would come back for her. Enough time passed for this to happen, so I'm just boiling it down to that. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that makes sense. We were wondering why Daryl was at the cabin, right? But yeah. if Lydia ran back and said, oh my God, Daryl, Negan kidnapped me. He kept me in this cabin and he tied me up. So, you know, if you want to find him, maybe that's where you should go. I mean, that works. Yeah. I mean, I don't need to be spoon-fed information, but, you know, a little more than nothing would have been nice. I, I, mean, I hear you. No, know, Tommy figured it out. Did other people figure it out? Did you figure it out and didn't tell me? No, no, I needed Tommy to tell me. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you. <laughs> All right, here we have Bill in New Jersey. Bill writes, Jason, you yes. asked listeners to write in that Chris is wrong about Magna nice. and Yumiko, and he is. 
They never stated outright that they are breaking up, but their past two conversations in previous episodes have made it pretty clear that this is the case. And with that, it makes even more sense that one of them would want to get away for a while, hence Yumiko joining Eugene on the trip. So a lot of people wrote in about this too, and that's like, Good. of course they're broken up, you moron. They're 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 not a couple anymore. Um, some people pointed out, you know, the uh, the fact that they sort of joked about not sleeping in the same bed anymore and not interrupting each other with snoring and stuff like that. So all of these things, and uh, they had a pretty heated argument at one point too, didn't they? Yeah. Anyways, but these things are pointed to the fact that they are now broken up. They've moved on. They're not a couple anymore. And so I was just being dumb not seeing that. Good. I mean, it's good that it all, all got cleared up and I'm not an idiot. <laughs> In this particular instance. This time. <laughs> this yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, anyways, thank you, Bill, for writing that in. I can accept the fact that they're broken up. I don't think... This excuses the show from not giving them a little bit more of a, a goodbye scene in their goodbye scene, because I still think, you know, they would have been slightly closer, even if they're not a couple anymore. But I understand it now in that it makes sense that she'd want to get away, maybe some time apart to let the uh, relationship fire burn out a little bit. Right. And, you know it doesn't necessarily mean that somebody that a, that a couple has broken up just because they started sleeping in, in different beds because of snoring issues. No. Right. I mean, I, you know, I'm not one of those cause I have a CPAP and my snoring is under control now. Uh, I don't know about you, but you know, it happens to people, people sleep. I know I have friends whose parents, uh, started sleeping in separate beds uh, in separate rooms. They had their own rooms for a long time and they were happily married. Mm -hmm. Of course. I read an article once about that, about, about how, how people's sleep situations or requirements are very, very unique to the individual, right? And if your sleep requirements don't really match up with your partner's, it can affect both of your sleep in a great deal. And it's not just snoring. It's like some people like it really dark and some people like a nightlight on. Some people like yep. it really quiet. Other people like a noise machine. You know, some people like a really heavy blanket because they get cold. Others like a lighter one because they're sweaters at night, right? There's all kinds of different things that affect your sleep. And if that means to, to craft your perfect sleep environment, you have to sleep in a separate room from your partner. Why not? Doesn't, yeah. doesn't mean anything. It just means that you're both going to get better sleep at night. So not a big deal. And some unfortunate bastards get really punchy when they're asleep <laughs> and they'll just start punching whoever's sleeping in the room with them. Well, it happens. It's fucking scary. I'm sorry that your wife beats you up in the night. No, Jason, that, but... just some unfortunate, unfortunate bastards. Mainly it's, it's mostly, uh, I couldn't sleep. You were snoring too loud or it used to be. Right. Now it's not so much, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of situations like, uh, what's his name? Uh, comedian guy has a sleep disorder, has to sleep in a sleeping bag. Oh, Berbiglia, Mike Berbiglia. Yeah, Mike Berbiglia. I mean, he's very open about his sleeping issues, but the man's got some sleeping issues. Oh, he got it. He gets out of bed and jumps out windows. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. So now he sleeps in a, a cage, essentially. <laughs> right. A nice cloth, comfy cage. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyways... Um, so if you're having, don't feel bad if you sleep in a separate room or whatever from your spouse or partner. Uh, but, uh, yeah, 
I think at the end of the day, we can agree that Yumiko and Magna are no longer a couple, still friends, but they needed some time apart, which is why Yumiko went on the trip. Right. And didn't say goodbye. And that's your biggest problem. My biggest problem is she didn't give a, they didn't do a proper goodbye. Yeah. And I still feel that way, but at least we can agree on everything else. Uh, yes, we can. And where everything's clear now. Uh-huh. All right. So next we have an email from John in Shoeburyness, Essex, England. I think that's right. Shoeburyness. Shoeburyness. Sure. John writes, when Beta pushed the Whisperer towards Alpha's head, did the Whisperer lose the use of his arms? Fight or flight instinct cuts in and any sane person would have either pushed the head away or pushed it further down on the spike to kill it. But this guy just let himself get bitten. Yeah, and of course, this is what you were talking about a couple of nights ago, about how, like, the guy could have done anything to avoid being bitten by Alpha's reanimated head, but he just kind of, like, let it happen. So, you know, step aside, grab the head, push it away, or as uh, John says, just, like, yank it down onto the spike, and problem solved. Yeah, fight or flight is a, is a misnomer, right? There's other options that people take, and one of them is freeze. So fight, uh, fr- fl- fight or flight or freeze or friend. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of Fs that uh, people do. And, you know, that's what Stockholm Syndrome is, is, you know, you're in a friggin' horrible situation. Your best defense is to become their friend. And people <laughs> sure. do that. And it's, uh, it's a thing. So freeze, I, you know, I've been thinking about this over the last couple of days. Maybe he was just so friggin' scared that he couldn't do anything. Yeah. You know, you know, Alpha's his, uh, you know, the, the, the deeding, de- deeding, deity, living deity that, uh, guides their entire lives. And Beta is the fucking enforcer, uh, that, uh, makes sure everybody stays in line. And he's looking at the severed head of somebody that he's, uh, you know, worshiped, effectively worshiped for years. And the man that he's feared for years is, uh, pushing him towards that deity. Now that, that she's dead, becomes something that they've uh, obviously revered. Uh, you know, maybe he just froze. Maybe just his brain went, I'm not doing anything. I don't understand what's going on. I don't like this anymore. Uh, yeah, I can probably hear her. Maybe I should listen real hard. Yeah, well, that seems to be what happened. Because as you said, and as John said, there's a bunch of things he could have tried. But he just froze up, went into panic mode, and just let it happen. So, yeah, it sucks for him. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been in scary situations where I just watched it happen. Yeah. Right. A piece of, I was driving down the 401 with my mom in the car, driving her to, uh, I forget where the bus station or whatever, a piece of metal come flying off a truck somewhere. I don't even know where it came from. I just saw it sailing through the air and I'm thinking, yep, that's going to hit us. And it did. Oh, really? (laughs) I didn't. Yeah. It was just, it was a chunk of metal. It hit right on the hood. There was a big fucking gouge out of the, out of the hood of the car. Uh, scared the living bejesus out of my mom because she's, Sorry, mom, I'm going to air some, uh, something that you probably find very personal, but as long as you don't listen to this, you'll be fine. My mother's terrified of escalators. She's also terrified of driving in the car on highways. So driving on the 401 in Scarborough is a terrifying experience for her. Uh, we're driving down the highway. It's, uh, you know, in the middle of the day, this piece of metal comes flying through the air, sailing graciously through the air in a beautiful uh, you know, hyperbolic trajectory and it's coming right for, I'm like, yeah, that's totally going to hit our car. I didn't accelerate. I didn't slow down. I didn't, uh, change lanes. I just watched it sail and I'm like, yep, that's totally going to hit us. And it did. 
And wow. it could very well have gone through the windshield and killed both of us. Jesus. I didn't do shit. Well, it sounds so, like maybe you did the right thing because it, it hit a part of the car that wasn't um, a, a huge disaster, right? Like if you'd swerved, it could have caused an accident. If you'd, yeah. if you'd slammed on the brakes or accelerated, it would have gone through the windshield. Like, Jesus, man. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not, sh- I don't even, not even sure that there was any kind of logical processing that was happening in my brain other no. than, yep, that's going to hit us. Huh. Uh, so I don't know if, you know, ultimately we survived the experience and just had a gouge out of the car, which I didn't care about, but, uh, I, I didn't do anything and it could very well have killed us. And I would be in the afterlife going, geez, that was stupid. I should have, if I would have hit the brakes, would have landed on the street and everything would have been fine. Well, you never know because you would may have been rear-ended hard or something like, who knows, who knows, right? But you and this whisperer just did nothing. And just for, did nothing for you. It, and worked, it worked out, out for me. <laughs> not, yeah. not so much for him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know I'm going to die in like a theoretical kind of way. I only, ha- I think I may have mentioned this before. I only have one requirement for dying. The only thing that I care about is when I die, I don't want to feel stupid. <laughs> Fair. That's, right. It's not too much to ask. <laughs> yeah. I, th- that's it. That's the whole thing. You know, it all comes down to this. You friggin' idiot. What the hell have you just done? All those that's, years of life, it. and this is how you go out. Yeah, and this is what you're, this is how you do it. Huh. Anyway. All right. That's it. All right. Well, thank you, John, for that. Next is uh, Leith, who wrote on our Facebook page, and he said, regarding the pigeon, in a world with no breadcrumbs, pigeons have had to find alternative food sources. They are now scavengers, and this one is waiting patiently for the zombies to go catatonic so it can get itself a feed. Once all the zombies have rotted away, Judith and her generation are going to have starving meat-eating pigeons to deal with. Mark my words, pigeon apocalypse imminent. <laughs> well, I don't doubt that. I mean, pigeons are, all animals are opportunistic. There's no such thing as a herbivore, right? Mm-hmm. You, there, you can look on YouTube, there's videos of deer, like, picking up and eating squirrels. Right. Cause you know, the entire, their entire life is how do I get easy calories? Right. I need food. I need sustenance. If there's a fucking rabbit there and it has the opportunity, it's going to take it. Okay. I'm telling you. And there was, I think I may have mentioned one time, my wife and I were sitting, uh, outside of city hall of Toronto one time having lunch. I met her downtown at her work. We were having lunch. We're sitting there. There was a freaking little tiny bird. I don't know what kind of bird it was and a seagull standing next to it. And the seagull grabbed a hold of the bird took two chomps, swallowed it, and flew away. Swallowed the whole bird. Swallowed the bird. I'm like, we're looking at each other like, did we just see that? What the hell was that? Oh my God. Pigeons are opportunistic. All animals tend to be opportunistic. Pigeons, I'm sure they lived before breadcrumbs, right? (laughs) Pigeons are less than a couple of hundred years old. Yeah, yeah, probably. You know, as a species, (laughs) I would assume. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I don't know what they eat. They would eat. I don't know what they eat now. I don't know what pigeons eat. I bet you they don't, all pigeons live on breadcrumbs. Although I wouldn't doubt it. I never really thought about it. Right. But maybe, yeah, maybe they learned this is not a threat. Uh, maybe they learned that humans are threat. Cars, cars are threats. Uh, bikes are threats. Uh, you know, probably not much of one, but maybe they've uh, learned in the last 10 years that uh, zombies are not threats. And if you wait long enough, you get to eat their eyes. There you go. Just sit here and wait. Perfect. Thanks, Leith. Uh, next, we have an email from Mike in Syracuse. I've decided not to, uh, so, sorry, I'll start over. I've decided to not sweat the details. 
Walking Dead has provided an incredible entertainment for so many years. I'm choosing to laugh off incongruity and enjoy the action, drama, and the actors' performances. Yeah, and that's just a response to um, one of the emails uh, from last time uh, where a listener was just talking about how, sure, The Walking Dead has has done some crazy stuff and things like that, and it's gone off the deep end a few times and so on. And I was saying that it just, you know, you just got to sort of roll with it a little bit and not think too hard, but also not turn your brain off entirely. And it has still provided plenty, provided plenty of entertainment over the years and still does. So that's kind of Mike just summing that up a little bit about not sweating the details and loving it for what it is and enjoying it as best you can. Yeah. Maybe I'm just too fussy. Maybe, but who knows? All right. One more thing before we end here uh, with regards to artists with stage names, Jason. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We couldn't come up with any except for Sting (laughs) last time. And (laughs) a bunch of people wrote in. And here's some that were mentioned. Uh, Prince, Pink, Lady Gaga. Oh, yeah. In fact, Freddie Mercury, because his real name apparently is Farouk Bulsara. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Uh, Ice Cube. (laughs) Yep. Miley Cyrus. Wait, that's not her real name? No, apparently not. Uh, Ludacris, Axl Rose, and Meatloaf. Okay, Meatloaf is his real name. You're not going to convince me that Meatloaf is not his real name. Well, I don't think it's his real name. (laughs) If his mama called him Meatloaf, his name is Meatloaf. That's the way I think of it. (laughs) Did his mom call him Meatloaf? (laughs) I assume so. Why wouldn't you? I guess so, yeah. Right? (laughs) Okay, and Lady Gaga, I I believe that's pronounced Lady Gaga. Oh, excuse me. Either way, it's a stage name. (laughs) Yeah, that one's fine. Right. I don't know any of their real names except for Donald Freddie Mercury, which is nice. Yeah, uh, neither do I, but presumably Isn't they- Miley, What about Billy Ray? Is that not his real name? Billy Ray Cyrus? Well, it. I don't know. Maybe, but I don't- Maybe Miley isn't. We, I, mean, I know the, Martin Sheen and Charlie Sheen, like they took the Sheen name and then- uh, That's Emilio true. Emilio Estevez kept, kept his name. Mm-hmm. So people take on names all the time, but Miley Cyrus, I guess- it kind of rolls off the tongue, but damn it, I don't have to figure out what Miley Cyrus's real name is. I assume that was a real name. Well, if only there was a way to find out. Yeah, only if there was some kind of interconnected network of computers that had vast amounts of information that was both accurate and inaccurate in equal amounts. You should, you should invent this, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I just thought I'd roll that out because it was funny, because it seems so obvious now, and a couple nights ago, we we're like, uh, we can't think of any, but here's the here's, <laughs> well, here's lots. Yeah, and, and to be fair, it's hard to think while you're talking. <laughs> or put on the spot, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, when you're in the middle of talking about something, it's hard to think about something else while you're doing it. Of course. So, <laughs> so. as we prove, twice a week. <laughs> Every single time. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, that's it for the feedback this week. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. The next episode of The Walking Dead is called The Tower. And it is episode Hmm. 15 of season 10 and will be the last one broadcast for a while until they can get number 16 done and on the air. So if you want to do a title read for the next episode, it is called The Tower. I recommend you do it and send it in to us. And when we record our recap on Tuesday night next week, hopefully I can play your entry. Cool. All right. Uh, We have a really quick after hours segment coming up just on a a message that isn't really related to anything, but I thought we should address. Um, But so stick around for that after we do this. Uh, But if you want to get in touch at any point, you can visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead. 
you can check out our website at talkingdeadpodcast.com. And up at the top there, you should see a link that says send voicemail. That's a good way to record a message and get it into us. You can also do that on your phone and record a message. And if you do that, you can email it to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, send all your messages there. Uh, That would be great. I enjoy hearing them all. So thank you everyone for listening. Stay tuned for one more email in the after hours. But otherwise, until next time, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye. Ah, hello. I'm sorry I didn't see you there. Please, come in. Chris and Jason have just popped off to change into something a little more comfortable. You know what those boys are like. Please, sit down. Help yourself to a drink and welcome to the Talking Dead After Hours. All right, Jason, welcome back to the program here. We have an, well, we have a message from Winfried who actually posted this as a comment on our website, uh, which we get occasionally. We don't get too many, and, uh, but sometimes they do come in. And he writes this message about something you were talking about. I don't know if it was last podcast or the one before, but it was recent. And he says, I sincerely hope this won't get too nerdy. In your last show, Jason was wondering if we are ever going to find a pixel or a smallest possible unit a basic building block of the universe. He went on to say that if we ever find that point, the universe or reality would be a simulation. Actually, it is just the other way around. As far as we know, or as far as modern physics can tell us, there is a smallest distance, the so-called Planck length. It is one of many units of the Planck scale. These units express the smallest possible space, time, energy, mass, etc. Given our current understanding of the universe, the Planck length is the smallest unit of length with any physical significance. Below this threshold, we cannot talk about cause and effect. Below this length, the laws of nature, or reality as we know it, would inevitably collapse. In order to reduce the units of the Planck scale, we have to postulate more dimensions, up to 10, I think. However, that would change our reality too. In short, the bad news is that Jason is wrong. At least I hope so. The good news is that your show is real and that the two of you can keep up the great work. <laughs> well, thank you for that. So at the risk of not getting too nerdy, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you this. Let's say you were a creature uh, born inside a head of a match after you struck it. Okay. So you strike a match and the flame is burning and inside there, beings evolve and uh, become intelligent and get uh, intelligent enough to understand every single aspect of their universe. Okay. Uh, well, I guess their universe is still real. It's just not all of reality. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure, yeah. So they understand the flame. They understand the nature of how things work inside this flaming universe. They know that the, the universe has started at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know what happened before that. They know the universe is going to end at some point. Mm-hmm. They don't know what's going to happen after that. Uh, but 
they are intelligent and they do understand everything, but it's not, but they understand everything within their universe, but they don't understand every, everything. Okay. So, I, but that has nothing to do with the fact that, uh, you know, the flaming match is, is real. So, um, yeah. Okay. So reality is real and, uh, this show is real and you're real and, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm real. But what you're but saying is we may not understand everything beyond our own universe. Well, I think that's what he meant by the dimensions. Dimensions, uh, you know, there's other things out there that go beyond the scale of what we can understand. Uh, I'm not sure what, uh, he might mean, you know, physical dimensions like length, width, width and height, and the rest are so minuscule that uh, they don't really matter. Uh, so, but there's, you know, the universe... Our universe is one of the, uh, you know, all, uh, uh, one of the realm of all possible universes. Other universes uh, exist that we could live in. Other universes are so different than ours that there's no way we could possibly exist in there or understand them. But there is a possibility that there's creatures and, you know, beings inside those universes that can't possibly understand ours. You know, that whole concept of I've met people that our realities don't intersect. Mm-hmm. Maybe that happens with reality. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're in a whole different universe. Anyway, thanks for that. I enjoy being wrong. That's yeah, it's interesting. It's it's interesting stuff. And uh this is the kind of smart people we have listening to this podcast because obviously Winfried is pretty smart, knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Makes me wish that uh <laughs> uh that I had c- continued on taking physics. I was a physics major in university and I quit physics to be in a band and moved to Toronto to make it big. Uh, and I, my thinking at the time was, you know what, if I just stay in this physics class, I'm going to be a physics graduate. I'll want to go for my master's and then for my doctorate. And then I'll end up teaching physics somewhere and, uh, I'll have a midlife crisis and wonder, geez, I wonder what what would have happened if I would have just stayed in that band and tried to make it big. And so I quit university and moved to Toronto to be in a band. And, you know, this is my reality now. And I'm thinking back, oh, I wonder what would have happened if I would have stayed in school and studied physics. That would have been interesting. I mean, I'm having the midlife crisis anyway. Funny. You, the point is you can't avoid it. Yeah. Well, the only real thing to do is to go buy a Harley, right? Totally. Totally. Okay. Because <laughs> right if you'd been in a band and you'd made it big, you'd own one of those. Well, I tried. At least I tried. Of course. Right? But you would yeah. have had your Harley. So now's the time. So yeah, of course, that's the only real answer is to go get a Harley. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people come to that conclusion. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, that is that. Uh, Thanks, Winfried, and thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.